Hey everyone, welcome to Ask Pastor. This is our bi-weekly podcast where we take questions submitted from the New Life South Coast community and we share them with our lead pastor, Pastor Marco. This week, we want to talk about what it means to be behind enemy lines. We know that the Bible says that as Christians, we are called to live in this world, but we're not supposed to be of this world. Practically speaking, what does that mean when we know fellow Christians who are considered wealthy, rich, or by the world's standards, well-off. What should our response be as Christians to the LGBTQ community, especially with seeing so many companies that we once loved now supporting that movement? We've got a lot to go over this week, friends, so we hope you enjoy this episode. I was thinking of calling this episode uh, Ask Cupid, just in lieu of... <laughs> Well, um, I don't know what tricks you have in your bag today. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any. Now that you, now that you brought that up, I might have something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what the ending yeah. ends. Um, well, let's just jump into it then. Yeah. So lately, we've seen a lot with LGBTQ plus community, uh, a lot going on with Disney um, and companies backing it. So the first question is kind of broad: is how do you respond to the LGBTQ transgender narrative in our society and specifically in schools? Yeah, I think. It's so important that as parents, we we must be informed and we need to be in the know and we need to be talking to our own kids because obviously the society is going in a certain direction, right? And it's almost like you cannot stop that ball from going down the hill the way it's going. But we have the responsibility to our own kids to be informed. Um, I, I, I think parents need to, to be going to their school and find out what's being thought, right? Uh, talk to the teachers, get to know the teachers because they spend hours, countless hours with your students and then debrief your students when they come home. You know, have conversations, have meaningful conversations because kids are very smart, they're very intuitive, uh, they know what's going on. So we have the responsibility of, of having these conversations and not just uh, be, uh, be upset about the whole thing or you know, just push it aside as if right. it's not happening. We have to engage because it is happening. Right. It's going to keep happening. Your kids are wondering about those things anyways. Right. You know, so it's our job. It's our responsibility to yeah. to be informed, to be in the know, and to create these conversations at home right. and help our kids navigate through all the noise right. that's happening around this topic right now. Right. And as someone who's not a parent, but I could imagine if we are Christians and the goal is to be like Christ and Christ yeah. says, go into all the world and make disciples. Right. There's a there's a thing I've seen with Christians lately where it feels like we're trying to almost go backwards. We're trying to get in our nice little bunkers, in our communities. Right. We're trying to have our own little version of the world over here and then the world can do whatever it wants. It's like, no, if God sent Christ to come into the world to save the world, right. we can't be afraid of what the world is doing. In fact, we have to go and have these conversations Right. And try to try to help, try to be a blessing. If not, we're just waiting for another flood. If if you want to think of it like right. that, right. you know. Yeah, because it's easy to, to just re reclose ourselves or recluse ourselves, whatever the word is. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we're called to engage the world, right? right. With grace and truth, mm -hmm. right? Because the other thing I think about when you say that is, there's a lot of confusion, and some people just need to have healthy conversations around right. this stuff. Right. As opposed to just think that everybody's on board with what's happened. Right. You know, I think you know, I think some people want to have conversations about mm -hmm. it. And I trust that within our schools, there are 
godly teachers. They mm-hmm. are godly staff, and yep. they are godly uh, superintendents, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Who may be also uncomfortable with the things where things are going. And if we all of us kind of like throw our hands up in the air and say forget it, then yeah, then the world goes in a certain direction mm-hmm. that wasn't intended. So Jesus said, "Be the light and the salt," right? And salt affects things from a very subtle way, right? A little bit of salt uh, makes a big difference in a rice, mm-hmm. for example. And just a bright amount of salt, yep. right? <laughs> you don't want your right, rice right. to be too salty, right? And you don't want it to be bland. So I think I think that's what we need to understand in these moments. It's like, hey, we're supposed to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. So you have to show up, right. you know, because if you don't show up, then it's all dark, right? So, so how would you encourage a parent? to maybe have a conversation with their young person who is in that vein and they're actually thinking about transitioning, a lot of questions about body dysmorphia. I've read a lot about yeah. kids basically having legal rights to do what they want. Right. Whereas we know as Christians, the Bible says, raise a child in the way they should go. But a lot of times parents are borderline scared yeah. to, or they just don't want to deal with it. So they're like, okay, you want to make this decision? Go for it. You're six. You know what's best for yeah. you. And it, it's it's sticky. It's really messy. Yeah, it is because we live in a day and age where we emphasize feelings way more than we emphasize facts, right? Way more than we emphasize science, really. You know what I mean? Even yep. though it's funny because the world says they trust the science. But science is clear on the reality that you are developing as, as, a, as a person. Mm-hmm. And as you're developing as a person, you're not sure exactly who you are yet, right? And so it's it's important not to make make hasty and drastic decisions mm-hmm. as you're being developed. You know what I mean? That's why again it's important to have ongoing conversations to help them navigate through the different feelings and emotions that comes with the territory of I'm trying to figure out who I am, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the confusion is that where a society now is emphasizing that oh, if I feel a certain way, I must be a certain way. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's like, no, that's just a feeling. Right. Right. But who are you really? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because your gender and your sexuality is sacred. Like right. you were created with a specific gender in, in mind, mm-hmm. you know? And now you may have struggles to understand that, but you have to start at that baseline that you are who you are mm-hmm. because God created you that way. Right. And God's now going to empower you to move, right. to, mani- to maneuver to maneuver through all of the... Yep ins and outs of what that is but society is is not starting from that baseline we're starting from the baseline of like whatever you feel you are yep how do you identify us you know and that's a dangerous way to live because what we're finding out too is that those who have made some of these early transitions are regretting exactly the transition yep Right, and they find themselves in a deeper hole. Yeah. Because I thought this was gonna solve what I'm feeling mm-hmm. and how I felt. You right. Know? So I think it's important to again to be in constant conversation with our young people, especially mm-hmm. to help them navigate through it. Right. That a feeling versus a reality. Right. It's not the same thing. Like I could feel a lot of things, but are they based in reality? Are they yeah. based in facts? And they're based in real science, not That's this. It. Mambo Jambo science mm-hmm. we've created. Yeah. That listen, there's males and then there's females. And how do I know? Because males have certain reproductive system, females have certain reproductive system. Yeah. And that's just baseline science. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't change yep. because I feel mm-hmm. a certain way. Doesn't matter how I feel, uh, I will never be a woman because I don't have the reproductive system of a woman. Right. You know what I mean? And the makeup of a woman. Oh, the right. makeup of a woman. Either. Yeah. Now, I could be a dude that might have some feminine instincts or whatnot. And, yep. That's okay. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. We can deal yep. with that. We can 
work through that. And I can have certain feelings towards the opposite sex or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's just part of life. That's just part of figuring out who you really are. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But not to just say, oh, because you feel that way, that's it. Like, yeah. That's who you are. Yep. You know? So I, I've joked about this before. I, I'm primarily a mama's boy. So if you go back to when I was in school, however many years ago, if I were to exhibit traits that are, I'm more chatty, I'm more emotionally in tune. Yep. Back in the day, you know, kids would tease, call names, say certain things, and it'd be like, no, God made you the way you are, and that's okay. Yep. Fast forward, now it's like, yeah, maybe you are a girl. Maybe yep. you should just become a woman. It's like, yep. wait a minute, we want to celebrate, we talk about celebrating people's individuality right. and who you are, and that's okay. And now it's like, no, on second thought, yeah, that's right. You, It'd be easier for you to just completely undo all of it and change everything. Right. It, but it's it's mind-blowing it is it is because again you're you're going to the core of being a human being and saying you know maybe you're not that you know it's like wait wait a minute mm-hmm. i am that i just have different traits and personalities that just need to be stirred in the right direction that's mm-hmm. why nurturing is so critical yep. right that you'll be a nurture in a certain way so again the, the the evidence is showing that a lot of times kids will grow out of these things mm-hmm. If you just continue to nurture them in the right direction, yep. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so there's less of a confusion if you just keep reiterating, no, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. This is what you're called to be, created to be. Let's just say that I'm not called to be, created to be. And yes, you're going to have some challenges. You're going to have some adversities, but that's just part of life. Right. You know what I mean? Now we're like, any child in adversity is like, oh, that's not for you. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, that's life. Yeah. Like life is full of trials and tribulations. And right. Life is full of ups and downs, feelings and emotions. Like that's just life. Right. Period. Right. But what are you grounding yourself in that life, mm-hmm. in that narrative? Cannot be your feelings because your feelings yep. come and go. That's it. You know what I mean? Think about it. Like in junior high, how many crushes do you have? <laughs> I have a crush every other week. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. That's just a feeling that comes yeah. and goes, right? That doesn't mean like uh, something is wrong with you because you have crushes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. And and your brain is still developing, you know, 14, right. 15, 16. Like you're still trying to figure out who you are. You yeah. need people to help you understand that reality versus feeling that nonsense of mm-hmm. like you feel a certain way. That must be who you are. Yeah. You know? So we know that social media is the language that all of us speak, more specifically young people. Yeah. So if, if we have media and content just being thrown at us constantly, the next question we got was, what do you do when big companies like Disney side with the LGBTQ plus community and proudly support gay pride? Do you boycott them like Disney, the parks, or or how, how do we navigate that essentially? Yeah, well, here's what I would say, right? This is not new. No. You know what I mean? Like if you look at business's worldview, this worldview has always been new age-ish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you could go back many many years. Now I think it's just more blatantly like we're just hey we're just gonna make sure you know for a fact. No, we do this, this is now. who we are. Yep. But my concern with boycotting is this. My concern boycotting is it's like you're gonna stop boy you're gonna stop doing a lot of things in life because that's it. Because once you start with Disney, you can't stop there. Mm-hmm. You gotta boycott Target. You gotta boycott yep. Walmart, mm-hmm. Apple, like Starbucks. Starbucks. You can't get coffee anymore. Yeah, you can't get coffee. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not sure if boycotting is the solution. Mm-hmm. Now listen, some people have strong convictions about that. You know, it's fine. That's between you and the Holy yeah. Spirit. But I do believe that it's about us saying, yes, I'm in this world, right? But I'm not of it. Yeah. That's what Jesus said, right? Hey, we live in this world. We're not of it. Meaning like, I'm not going to buy into that worldview because I know that's not the worldview for me. That's not what God created me and my family to be. So I think once again, it goes back to taking ownership 
as individuals and as families to say, this is who we are and we're going to teach through these moments, right? So take a Disney video or movie and teach through it. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's way more effective. That's really smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I do with my kids. We say it straight up. Hey, that's weird. You know what uh, I mean? We have, we have a saying at, at home. Like, we, were, we were at Target the other day, right? In line. And my daughter sees this picture of a guy, but the guy with, you know, a beard and wearing a dress. She goes, that's weird. I was like, mm-hmm. yep, that's weird. Yeah. Because usually guys don't do that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So for us, it gives me a chance to say once again, hey guys, remember, we we love Jesus. Jesus said, if we love it, we obey his commandments. That means we're different. So that stuff may be right now highlighted, but that doesn't mean it's for us. That doesn't mean yeah. it's the normal thing yep. in the economy of God. Yep. So I think there's we have a bad opportunity to, to, to do that because if we just boycott everything, then I think you're gonna start making your own coffee. <laughs> Start yep. making your movies. Yep. <laughs> making exactly. Which we might go to the Amish yeah. direction, uh, which I'm not sure that's the solution because then you're not in the world, but right. not of it. You know what I mean? Right. So I think we have to engage it. Obviously, be selective. Like we're selective about what we watch. We're selective about what we expose our kids to. Mm-hmm. There are certain movies that we're like, we're not going to watch that because it's the, the clear worldview is being you know, highlighted. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we watch a movie, we'll pause it and talk about a particular Yep, situation or scenario. I think that's way more effective, and and you're giving your kids a chance to work through this reality of being in the world, but not of it. Yeah, you know, when we're left to process it on our own, we actually see what we're passionate about. So I think you said this about a month or so ago. Because everything is breaking news and everything is outrageous, we were not made with this much capacity to right. know about everything in the world. It doesn't mean we turn a blind eye to, right. you know. Ukraine and Africa and other nations and America, but quite literally, we cannot keep up with all of this. So this notion of I'm boycotting Starbucks because they give to Planned Parenthood. Well, good luck finding coffee that a company A doesn't do something you agree with, but B, finding coffee beans that are like ethically sourced because that industry is messed up. You can't buy clothing from literally anywhere because it's all made, you know, overseas and and sweatshops. It's like, you will you will run yourself dry to a point where you will not you will not have a life. You can't do anything because everything is all of it is is bad. If, I, if you want to say it like that, no, it's true. Like I, I don't have I have zero expectations of companies to reflect my worldview. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I do. I have zero expectations of it. Here we are. I'm drinking smart water. I don't know what is behind the scenes. Of yeah, the smart water. You know what I mean. And obviously, like I said, we have to use discernment and judgment of the things you want to use and not use. But the reality is we are in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These things are going to happen more and more. Yeah. You know, the Bible, right? The Bible, right? We say the Bible is the word for us, God's word. Well, if you look at the context of it, it was all of it is in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The New Testament writers are writing in the middle of the Roman Empire mm-hmm. with idolatry, with sexual debauchery, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? With with a government who, who was persecuting them. So everything around them was, was anti-God. Mm-hmm. But what did they do? They immersed that world with grace and with truth and, and maneuver their way through by the power of the Holy Spirit to say, okay, how do we live in it but not become part of it? You know what I mean? I think that's the challenge is how do you live in the world but not become part of it? Mm-hmm. It has to be that you're engaging and you're making wise decisions and choices along the way. Yep. You know? There's a great book 
uh, that I had recommend, and I recommend it again, is Thriving in Babylon. Yep. You know, yep. there's Daniel in the middle of a pagan empire, mm-hmm. but thriving. Why? Because he's using the gift of the Holy Spirit right. to be able to maneuver through all of it. He doesn't like withdraw from it. He engages it in a way that brings God glory and edifies him and his people. Yep. Another uh, thing that I want to recommend, and we can put this on the lower third, is mm-hmm. um, dealing with LGBTQ uh, situations, Christian uh, slash sexuality.com. It's a great tool for parents, you know, if they want to have, you know, healthy, great conversation with their children, especially mm-hmm. if some of the kids are feeling like they might be uh, dealing with that, right. that type of sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. It's a great tool to help uh, do it in a way that is going to be edifying mm-hmm. and I just, you know, push people, rebuke things. Mm-hmm. We have to rebuke some things, but their conversation need to be had at the same yeah. time, right? you know. So talking about Daniel and Babylon and even talking about where we are at now as a nation, I think a lot of people would agree that to an extent it kind of feels like hell. It feels very chaotic. It feels like we're all trying to keep our heads above water. We're trying to just make ends meet. We're trying to figure it out realistically, right? Someone had written in and asked if you could explain your views on what the Bible calls hell. You mentioned briefly that we do have moments of hell now. Sometimes we inflict things on ourselves or we don't adhere to the spirit. We don't, you know, listen to our leadership. They say, hey, that's weird. Um, But this person was saying, you know, they were rather asking, can you break down, isn't hell actually a place they reference versus where it talks about fire and brimstone, gnashing of teeth, uh, like a literal location, heaven being upstairs. Hell being yeah. downstairs. Yeah, yeah, hell is a real place. You know, Jesus talks openly about the reality of hell, but he talks about the reality of hell in two forms. That's why I, I, I talk about hell being here in, in a literal place. And when we talk about a literal place, we don't mean like a place, you know, like we say heaven is upstairs and hell is downstairs. No, it's, it's different realms of reality, of existence. Mm-hmm. That that if you're living without the, the grace of God and the will of God and you have no you don't want nothing to do with God God's not going to force you into his realm when you leave this earth like you have made the choice to be outside of him and that's what hell is it's a place outside of God's grace and goodness and mercy it's like it's like God C.S. Lewis said it best hell is is God's way of saying your will be done right like I'm not going to force my will on you you know just like it starts here on this earth where I can choose to live my own way. I, yeah, free will is the most powerful thing we have, right? We, I can choose to to stiff arm God and his grace and his goodness and his mercy. So that's why I mean when I say hell begins here, because you start to make hellish decisions, meaning like you're making decisions outside of the will of God to live your own way. And there's consequences to that, right? But Jesus speaks openly about hell. And when he was on earth, he gave like as always, he always did, he gave illustrations of what he's talking about. And there was a place called Gehenna, which was a dumping ground where people would burn their trash, you know, and, and place would smell, and there would be worms, and there would be, you know, dogs fighting over scraps. So all of those images, Jesus is saying, like, that's what hell it's is. It's like it's that. literally living outside of the will of God in mm-hmm. the dump. You know what I mean? And the, and the symbol of fire is like this like nagging, consuming thing inside of you that's never going to be satisfied, Burns, yeah. always burning. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's not necessarily a literal place of hell with fire, but no, you're going to feel that, right? One of, again, and we'll put this on the lower, but one of the references of hell is very heavy is Luke chapter 16 when he says, hey, let me tell you a story of a rich man and a man named Lazarus, right? The rich man had everything on this earth and Lazarus was poor and they both die and 
the rich man goes to hell and Lazarus goes to what they call Abraham's bosom, which in the Jewish context, Abraham's bosom is a waiting place, mm-hmm. kind of like paradise, mm-hmm. right? And, and there's a conversation that happens in that moment where the rich man says, man, let me go back and tell my my at least my family about this place. You don't want to be in this place. And he's like, yeah, but we have, they have Moses and have the prophets. He's talking about the scriptures. And if they can't uh, believe that, they're not, they're not going to believe you coming back from this place. Right. Um, so he talks about it, you being in a real place, but as the consequences of this life, that you didn't adhere to God's grace and goodness and mercy, and that God's not going to force you into that because right. you have a free will to make. So hell, in a sense, is, is, is God saying, once again, your will be done mm. on, on earth as it is in heaven or on earth as it is in Right. In hell, unfortunately. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's a sobering truth. It's a hard truth. But it's, yeah. right? but it's real mm-hmm. that it, Jesus talks about it many different times. He says, for example, when it comes to here, he says, if your eyes caused you to sin, gauge it out because it's better for you to have no eyes than to go to hell. What are you saying? He's saying, don't let lust consume your life. Yep. Right? Because it leads to a hellish place. And then he says, if your hand, right hand caused you to sin, Cut it's it a powerful thing he was saying. He was saying, like, don't use your labor and you don't use your hand the wrong way but in that in that context what he, wow. was, he was talking about justice he was saying like don't be unjust because your right hand is a symbol of what you do and how you command and how you lead mm-hmm. so jesus was saying listen when you do those things you're you're leading a hellish life wow. on earth and it will lead to an afterlife mm-hmm. without god so yeah it starts here and it continues on when we don't adhere to the grace and goodness of God. Mm-hmm. But thank God that he, even in this moment, right, we're talking, to me, it's another opportunity that God says, why don't you live my way? Why don't yeah. you submit to me? Why don't you surrender to me? Yep. I have a better way of life mm-hmm. for you. And that hell, that way of life continues after you live this earth. Right. Right. I always say the eternal life doesn't begin when you die. Exactly. It begins now. You are an eternal being right yeah. now in this moment. Right. So I want to use that then to to get to the next question, because if you've always said that God plus nothing equals everything, so that would obviously imply that everything without God equals nothing. Yeah. Someone wrote in and said, I've been a lifelong Catholic. I've been coming to new life for the past two years and I've loved it. I know that good leaders are ones who set good examples. I'm struggling with supporting pastors that drive expensive cars live in mansions, have very high-end clothing, a jet, or always on vacation. I even hear justification like God wants you to be wealthy and you can have blessings just like me. I'm pretty sure on his return, Jesus will not be driving a Lamborghini (laughs) or a jet. He's coming in on a horse. Uh, But am I wrong? Is there a justification for this? It just doesn't seem right, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Well, it's a very good question. First of all, I do my best to not generalize people. I do everything I can to not say it's one size fits all, right? Because I don't know all of these people. Mm-hmm. I really don't. And and for me to pass judgment just from an external standpoint without having, you know, relationships and connections, uh, I don't think that's a healthy thing to do. Now, I can understand because I also have reservations about that. You know, mm-hmm. as a leader, to me, it's like I carry myself in a certain way because I'm accountable to God and I'm accountable to the people around me. Like this community matters to me mm-hmm. and the way I live says a certain thing to this community. Mm-hmm. But what I believe. Right. So I want to say that that I don't know every one of these people sure. and I do my best to not generalize them but at the same time I know for me I have certain convictions that I wouldn't be able to 
to live with myself mm-hmm. if I am squandering the things that God's trusting me with. Yep. Because to me, we are stewards right. of everything we have, right? Um, that's just not, that's money, that's time management, mm-hmm. that's talent. Relationships. You know, relationships. Yeah, well, yeah. The house that I buy, the car that I drive, mm-hmm. all of that to me is accountability, right? right? But I, I, for example, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Rick Warren, right? Mm-hmm. Rick Warren wrote the Purpose Driven Life mm-hmm. book, which became the second bestseller in the world mm-hmm. next to the Bible. There's Bible yeah. and then there's Purpose Driven Life. Yep. But I love what he said. He said, he said for him, he knew, he said he he said I know that God could trust me with the resources that would come. Mm-hmm. So his lifestyle never changed. Mm-hmm. You know, he makes fun of himself. He goes, look, my watch is from Walmart. Yeah, my yeah. jeans from Walmart. I didn't change my house. I still drive the same car. Yeah. And he did something really cool. He said, the money we made from the book, I was able to pay back my church yep. for all the years that they supported me, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I want to be in that place one day if, I, if I'm able to do something like that. Why am I saying this? Because a lot of these guys have other ways of making money. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of them are entrepreneurs, they're businessmen, yep. you know, or women, mm-hmm. you know, so they have other things, yep. you know, that like Joel Osteen, doesn't get paid by the church. No. He gets paid by his books. So books you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. So again, we don't know every single one of those details and the right. stories. And the other thing I want to say too that's important is like the, the scriptures do not condemn being wealthy, mm-hmm. prosperous. Matter of fact, a lot of the guys in scriptures were were wealthy. Yep. Abraham was wealthy. Solomon was wealthy. Mm-hmm. David was wealthy. You know, um, so the wealth is not the problem. It's what yeah. we do with it. The heart. Right? It's the heart. Yep. Right? Remember what God said to Abraham, what? Genesis 12. He says, hey, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. Right? Yes. Um, so Abraham had a lot. Right? But it's what he did with it. Right? Or Solomon. Right? Remember, Solomon prayed and asked God for wisdom. God's like, because you didn't ask me for wealth, I'm going to give you both. I'm going to mm-hmm. give you wisdom and wealth. But unfortunately, after a while, his wealth began to yeah. take a place, the place of God. Yep. So it's not, the Bible even says in Timothy, it says, it's not money that's the problem. It's the love of money. Mm-hmm. That's the root of all evil. Yep. So money, I always say, is a great resource, mm-hmm. but a terrible God. Yeah. Right? So each person has to be accountable for that. Like, hey, how are you utilizing what God's trusting you with? Right. You know? Right. Again, personally, I, the way my I, I am, my conviction is like, I don't want to squander or exploit or misuse any of the resources that God's trusted yep. you with. But each person has to answer to that. Right. But also let's not make the mistake of thinking that all of these guys are doing something shady or weird right. because you don't know their story. Right. And I think God too will will reveal to you really quick where you invest your money the most. So for example, as a musician, I spend a lot of money on gear. Why? Because yeah. that's the talent that God's blessed me with and given me. And also I use it here every single Sunday, right? Yeah. Whereas someone else, maybe they do get a really nice car, but their thing is they're picking up kids every week to yeah. like bring them to youth or to, yeah. to or other people have money so they can pay off a kid's school or, or send them to summer camp yeah. this year. Like you never know. Yeah. Even I would say where, even this, honestly, I feel confident saying this, like God has no problem with you being blessed. Mm-hmm. He has no problem with you having a nice house, having a nice car, mm-hmm. you know? He knows each person's heart. You know what I mean? And he knows like, are you doing this out of surplus? Are you, oh, are you doing this out of necessity? Are you doing this because that matters to you more than him Mm -hmm. and helping people? You know, so I I don't think it has to be either or. I think we always live in this black and white world where, you know, because here's the other thing that we have to be clear, you know, especially someone who says that they grew up Catholic, right? The Catholic church sometimes 
has this like what they call a vow of poverty. Like mm-hmm. people take vows of poverty. Yep. But that's that's a a personal choice. It's not scriptural. You know, mm. there's nothing in the scripture that says take a vow of poverty. Yeah. You know, Jesus came as a homeless person on purpose mm-hmm. because he was making a point. You know what I mean? That hey, I don't have to have a place. Like I mean, I'm on a mission here. Right. You know what I mean? But he, he he never condemned people for having things. See, sometimes we take the story, for example, the young rich ruler. He says, "Hey, go go sell everything, come back and follow me." But he only did that to that guy because that guy had an idol in his heart, mm-hmm. his riches. But right. he didn't say that to other people who were prominent. You know, who had money, who had wealth. Yeah. So it, it's all about the heart condition of each person and what they're doing with what yep. they've been trusted with. Yeah. It's like the Christians who jokingly pray, God, if I win Powerball, yeah. if I gave even a tenth to the church, that would cover all the debt. And yeah. really, it's like, yeah, but just by saying it that way, it's so clear. It's like, is it really about the tenth to the church? Right. You give 50, you give 99. It doesn't matter. God's infinitely more concerned about this thing and the intention behind it than what yeah. you actually get out of it. And think about it, right? Like if <laughs> if if everything belongs to the Lord, then it's not how much do I give to God, it's how much do I keep. <laughs> because it's all his. If you think about it. You know what I mean? Oh man. That's what I love about Rick Warren. He said like every year, he always, even before the book, that he always had this thing. And my wife and I try to do this every year. It's like beginning of the year we pray, God, how how can we increase our giving? Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. Yep. You know, and God always blesses you, yes, takes he care does. of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think this this question also comes down to how we view the resources that we have. Mm-hmm. Like, is it a resource or is it a God? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. You're talking about, he says, you, serve, you will serve God or money. Yeah. Right? And I think some of the stuff we see, unfortunately, that's corrupt among a lot of spiritual leaders is that money becomes a God. Yeah. And they, they become focused on that more than they right. focus on serving God with the money yeah. that he's trusting you with because it's all yeah. his in the first place. Yeah. You know, I think there's a danger there too with entitlement because a pastor could could very easily go, I deserve a nice car, right. I deserve nice clothes, and good, bad, or indifferent, it's based on convictions. But if you are if you're always telling us we have to look at ourselves first, think yeah. about what we're thinking about, well, I have to look at myself and say I'm judging a pastor. I now have to go, well, wait a minute, like did I really deserve like yeah. that really whatever piece of gear? Did I really deserve like yeah. an eighth pair of you know, Air Force yeah. Ones or whatever. Not again. It's not to say it's good or bad. It's just this notion of like yeah. we get entitled over it, but we'd rather yeah. point at someone else. Absolutely. And I think the word entitlement is so important that you you brought it up because that's where we get in trouble with anything. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, the moment I feel entitled and supposed to be grateful. Yep. You know, what I mean, I have a problem, right? Mm-hmm. That that's just an issue, a human issue, all around. Mm-hmm. Here's another interesting thing about you know pastors who have nice clothes or, or, or stuff like that, that nature is that. You know, I'm not wealthy by no means, right? But I love wearing Jordans. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is that nine out of my 10 Jordans were gifts. So people might think I'm buying these Jordans. You know? I didn't even know. Yeah. But I get blessed. People really say, hey, you, we know you like shoes. And here's a gift. Yeah. You know, like if I go right now in my closet, I'll tell you, gift, gift, gift. Like just people know that you like something. Mm-hmm. But everybody might think, oh, look how he spends his money. It's like, to be honest with you, I barely buy a pair of Jordans. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I get gifted. Right. You know what I mean? So again, it, it's easy to just judge from the outside without knowing. Yeah. Really. Again, it doesn't justify it. But, right. But it's important to have context. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you don't know how right. that person came to that place. Yep. You know what I mean? But again, I'm not I'm not justifying it because I, I also feel weird about what I see sometimes. Right. 
what some of these guys are doing. It's like, whoa, that's that's weird. I don't know right. if I could ever do that. You know, tell you a funny story. A couple of years ago, we were in the middle of the building fund to, to, to purchase this place. And someone felt compelled to donate a Mercedes. Beautiful car. Mm. And he said to me, it was after service, right? He just came to me in the parking lot, handed me keys and said, I felt compelled to give you this. Do whatever you want to do with it. Wow. Right? Um, and I'm like, whoa, I could never find myself driving this because it's just not me. Yeah. And we we literally sold it in his name and donated the money to the church. But I can guarantee you this, Bennett. If I was driving that car around, people would assume. Mm-hmm. Oh, look 100%. At, hey, look at look what Pass is driving, mm-hmm. but not knowing someone gifted that yep. to me and said, do whatever you yep. want with it. Yep. You know, I chose to yep. sell it and give it to the church. Yep. And, and I would put money on it if you went on the platform and said, no, 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 guys, they're all, it, at that point, it doesn't matter doesn't because matter. we're locked in. It's like, oh yeah, sure you, sure yeah. it's a gift or yeah. yeah, sure you didn't say, hey, if you give a little extra and give me a discount on the, it's it's not yeah. even worth it at that point. People's no, minds not. are made up. So it's it just, not. that's why to me, it's away. like some things you, 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 you have to live by your convictions yeah. because I was like, I, I don't want to be that guy caught driving this car right. and people think automatically that even though it was a gift. And right. he literally said to me, do whatever you want with it. Right. You know? Right. So. So someone wrote in and had said, Pastor, how would you suggest taking an unequally yoked relationship and making it one that is equally yoked? Little context yeah. missing there, but. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to also give the biblical context, at least one, mm. uh, about this whole like, concept of unequally yoked. Uh, maybe we could put this in the in the lower third as well. It's First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14. It talks about like to be to be careful not to be unequally yoked. It was actually talking more in terms of business, getting in business with people who don't have the same worldview or perspective as you. Mm. But also Paul talks about it in terms of relationships in First Corinthians 6. Um, so that's the first thing, right? Because he says like sooner or later something's gonna give, right? Like water and oil will mix, right? Something rises to the top, the other one goes to the bottom. And I think that's the struggle with a lot of relationships who are not on the same page uh, from a standpoint of like, hey, we, we both love Jesus and we both want his will and his purpose. We don't have to be the same person. We just have to have the same mindset and worldview. Right. So in any given relationship, it takes two, mm-hmm. but it's, it's more, even more of a challenge if you're not on the same page, spiritually speaking. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's an important thing that this person would have to take in consideration because I'm just going to read into this into this question because I don't know what the situation is. I don't know if the other person is like, hey, I want to grow into that mm-hmm. or is like, no, I don't want anything to do with right. it. I really believe it was from my heart that next to saying yes to Jesus, your second most important decision in life is who you want to spend the rest of your life with. I agree. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think I don't take that lately mm. that I don't want to be in a relationship with someone that we didn't do the homework to find out are we really yeah. compatible here yep. in mind, body and spirit in worldview and perspective because that's that's going to be always an uphill battle mm-hmm. uh, for example like you're going to clash in many things like down to just going to church mm-hmm. you know it's summertime is coming right you might yep. want to be in church and he or she might want to go to the beach mm-hmm. or serving you know you want to spend one. you want to spend oh, extra yeah. time serving and they not into it yeah and then imagine you have kids Yep. You want to bring up your kids in the ways of Jesus and the other person may not want to bring up. Mm-hmm. You know, so these these are very deep stuff that you have to do your homework, your legwork before jumping into an even more serious commitment of marriage. Right. You know, or if it's already a marriage, is it because you got saved after you guys got married? You know, mm-hmm. so that's something that the scriptures even address that. It says if you if you were married already 
and you got saved, but your spouse didn't, well, it's your job now to pray for them. It's your job now to cover them. It's your job to do everything you can yep. to bring them into that relationship with Christ. Yep. You know, but you can't force anything. Yep. You can only be an example. So again, I'm not sure all the context right. uh, of this person's situation. Right. We yep. just, we finished that book on character by Andy Stanley yep. for mentoring last month. And uh, there's the story in it of the, the guy who goes into uh, Pastor Andy's office and he's talking about how him and his wife are on the rocks and he just can't seem to fix her. And he's, he's you know, he runs down everything and Pastor Andy so casually goes, well, let me ask you something. Has God ever had to correct you and help you? He's like, oh, all the time. It's like, so does he nag you and, and get on your case and try to fix you and tell you everything you did wrong? He goes, no. And he goes, why not? And he goes, because it doesn't work. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's just that it's this notion of, Hey, if God is transforming me here, then the hope is that you will see this transformation. You will sense it and you'll go, you're really upbeat all the time. Yeah. You're really kind all the right. time. You're right. really nice to the kids all the time. And it's like, yeah, I guess I kind of, the amount of stories I hear in crew where all the guys here, like yeah. they tell their wives, you'll never see me in church like that. Right. Now you can name them. Dennis, Fernando, Richie, Paul, go down the right. list of the guys in our church. It's yeah. like, we can't get you guys out of church. Your wife's like, can we please go to lunch? Like, give yeah. me five more minutes. I'm talking right. about the Celtics, yeah. you know? That's why I, I love it. That's why I think the context is so important because if you're already married, right, and you came to faith, so yeah, you have to be an instrument of, of grace, an example to your significant other. But if you're not married, do your homework mm -hmm. before. You know what I mean? Like, don't... Here's a mistake, I think, because I've heard this. Like, oh, I'm going to lead them to Christ. But it's like... I don't think you want to be a missionary in a relationship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, be a missionary to a dying world. But, yeah. But like when your feelings are involved, you're not going to be a great Actually, missionary. No, you're not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're biased. No, you know? work. So I think if you're not married, do your homework before yep. to be equally yoked. If you are already married and you got saved, then yeah, now pray and, right. and, and pray that your significant other will come to faith. Like you yep. just mentioned. Yep. Some great examples of that. Mm -hmm. so. so let's close in the same vein on this. I have a crew member that asks me, where does it say in the Bible, if you are not married and living together, why you can't serve in church? I've explained my way at the situation that it's considered living in sin and God would cause their hearts to align with their will, sex outside of marriage, living outside of marriage, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So, so a couple of references again, um, this time, not second Corinthians, but first Corinthians, right? Chapter six, seven and eight, Paul really addresses the issue of sexual sin, yeah. right? Which is, Paul says, it's, 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 it's a very uh, intimate thing to sleep with someone who is not your husband or your wife, mm -hmm. right? So so outside of marriage, yes, it's considered to be sin. And what is sin? Missing the mark of what mm -hmm. God intended. And then Paul goes into, like, listen, if you're if you feel like you can't live a single life then go ahead and get married because it's better to get married than to burn the lust. Because mm -hmm. Paul was like, listen, you don't want to live that 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 life where you're always feeling like something's missing. Yeah. Because you know? Paul was a big advocate of being single. Like so, he was single. Yeah. He's like, man, I'm good. But if mm -hmm. you guys are not, get married. Yeah. Right? He's very big on that. And then when it comes to qualifications to serve in, in his book to one of his mentees, uh, Timothy, he talks specifically about that in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 3. Uh, if you guys want to look it up, um, there's a whole qualification there. Like, yeah, you gotta be, if you're married, you gotta be, you gotta right. be faithful, you know, right. to your husband or to your wife to be serving in the house of the Lord. Yep. You know what I mean? Again, why, why is that so important? Because marriage is one of the ultimate 
beautiful symbols of right. the relationship that God wants to have with us on earth. Yep. You know what I mean? The husband and wife thing is throughout scriptures. God wanted to be the husband. Right. And that his people are the bride. Yep. And that when you get married, you are now a representation, a meaning representation of who God is right. on earth. When a husband and wife uh, submit to each other into the Holy Spirit. Right. There's a beautiful, sacred thing there. It right. needs to be protected. It needs to be blessed. And that's why marriage is is a covenant. It's an agreement between God and his people. Right. And that I take that we, we should take that all very seriously mm -hmm. to say, no, we're not going to bypass that. Because you bypass that, you are bypassing a major principle mm -hmm. of who God created us to be. And then think about it. Like there's also a ramification to the next generation, that's, you know, of yeah. teaching them what a healthy relationship looks like under the grace of God and right. the covering of right. the Holy Spirit. So yeah, it's important that we don't put the cart before the horse. Right. You know? I was going to say our context here is always we think about our community and a church for the unchurched. So I almost have this image in my head where let's say a couple who was not married uh, come into ministry and they're trying to do things right way. We had that question uh, last time with Pastor Elijah. We're like, hey, we sin sexually. We want to we wanna get through forgiveness and do it the right way now. Let's say that couple comes in, they're figuring it out. You have folks like this and they say, oh, you can live together. We yeah. do it all the time. Right. We're not condemning you. We're not judging you. We're, we're not even against you. We actually want to help and, and have yeah. this be healthy. But we have other people around who we want to we want to protect them, too. It, it's you were joking about it with Tim before we started shooting about you go to crew. We have ex-alcoholics in our church and right. folks recovering from certain things. If you went to crew and someone goes, oh, you guys want a beer before we start? It's like, we we just completely missed. Right. We just missed our why. Yeah. Don't know about this church. Don't know about those people. I don't know about right. the YouTube people that you listen in their basements. Right. Here, this is why we take this seriously. This is why we honor this. Yeah. You know? And we're blessed for it, right? Because the what's the whole concept of following Jesus? Well, you're following Jesus out of a system that doesn't honor Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, you're following Jesus out of a society that does whatever they want. You know, you can just live together. It doesn't matter. But it's like, no, when it comes to God's economy, principles do matter. And there's a blessing that comes with obedience right. to his principle. And as a married man, um, I am so thankful for that. It's a mm -hmm. covering that God has when we say to him, hey, we can't do this on our own. We want you to bless us and we want the covering of your spirit to be with us right. every step of the way. So I think yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And speaking mm -hmm. of that, man, where are you in that um, <laughs> in that journey of, oh, man, you know, because every episode now, yeah. we do our best to uh, get you closer and closer to that yeah. reality. We'll start to explore. We'll talk about dating apps next time. <laughs> So we at the place of dating apps now? Yeah, maybe next episode we'll just we'll we'll swipe together. Alright, sounds good. <laughs> Keep swiping. As always, friends, we hope that this episode of Ask Pastor encouraged you, challenged you, and spoke to you wherever you are at in your life right now. If you want to submit a question to us, there's a couple of different ways that you can do it. The first way is by sending an email to info at newlifesouthcoast.com. And you can also send us questions directly on Instagram or Facebook Messenger. The easiest way to send us a question, though, is by downloading our New Life South Coast app. On the app, there is a tab labeled Ask Pastor. And when you tap on it, there is a form right at the top. If you tap on that, it will open the form and you can fill out your information and send us a question. We love you guys so much and we'll see you next time.